Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach. Your guide on the side, as our cute little Sky Boy calls me. His guide on the side. And Sky, you had a special moment today. Tell us what happened. Um, I think you're pranking me, Matt. Sky, it's not about me. It's always about you Let's on your show. Let's just fill everybody in. So Sky comes to work today. When was this? Like four min- or 14 minutes ago. 14 minutes ago, Sky shows up. You know, a lot of people prepare you know, hours before the show, but not Sky. He shows up 10 minutes before the show. I don't need to prepare. And when you show up, waiting for you somewhere is what? There was a Capri Sun. A Capri Sun, a Which, beverage in a pouch. Yes, I love Capri Suns. Well, sure, all six-year-olds do. <laughs> <laughs> and a note accompanying a Capri Sun. A, well, let's read the note. Pull did, out. Did it note. say you? You are my sunshine. <gasps> you are my Capri sunshine. sunshine. Oh, oh my heavens! <laughs> you are my Capri Sunshine. By the way, okay, who's this sent? For, who sent this letter? I who? think it's you, Matt. I think you got some girl, or you tried to. It kind of looks like Rob imitating a girl. I Have you ever seen Rob imitate a girl? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm saying. I super think. Blocking. But if you were to imitate blocking. a girl's Wait, read handwriting, it. Just, just okay. read it. Just read it. Read it. Dear Skyboy in parentheses, man, <gasps> smiley face. Oh. I bought you a drink so you could stay awake during Matt's show. Whoa! I love it when you are talkative. Ah! Stay strong and muscly. Your secret admirer, Katie. 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 <sighs> Katie. Now, I'm, I'm looking at this note as he reads it, and there, there's some indications, and oh. I'm not sure what to make of yeah. it, because there's excl- exclamation points, yes. which I don't think a guy thinks of. No, guys don't do that. Were there smiley faces? There were too many were smiley cir- faces. Were they circle smiley faces? No, it's just the line, line huh. smile. <laughs> but, but I think there were too many smiley faces, so I, I'm not convinced was the word it was wink a girl. ever written out? No. Okay. But Gen- exclamation points, so I, I don't think it's a guy. Straight up, Sky, because I know what goes on in this show most of the time, like 80, 85% of the time. And seriously, this is not pl- planned as part of the show. Seriously. I think it, I think I it, like fit, you're it giving fits me credit, nicely with what we're talking me. about. Bryce hasn't said much. Maybe Bryce is. <laughs> I, I do not find All pranks. I know is it's some kind of prank. I don't find pranks funny, so I don't do them to people I've so that they won't prank. do them to me. Are, are you going to risk drinking that Capri Sun? I, I will drink the Capri Sun. So I think it's cute. Somebody has a crush on you. Well, lots of people have crushes on you. Let's be well, real. no, actually a real human that actually <laughs> brought you a real beverage. We, we were doing good for a minute there. Then, See, uh, that's exciting. This Katie, somewhere in this building is a is a is woman it? named Katie. Yeah. Or a man named Katie well, with the, a really <laughs> funny name. Uh, that means I'm going to go, right after we do this, I'm going to go to my computer and pull up the uh, big email list and be like, Let's do K-A-T-I-E. it. Have somebody do it while, during the show, one of you go check out Katie, K-A-T-Y. How does she spell her? I-E. I-E. <sighs> See, I didn't even know that, so it couldn't have been me that wrote the note. Or could it have been? Or it was. No. Um, <laughs> so today on the show, interestingly, we're talking about imaginary <laughs> friends. See, imaginary, imaginary uh, note writers. Yeah, girlfriend. If I'm a betting man, I think I've solved the puzzle. Somebody named Skyboy went (laughs) and got his own Capri Sun. He then came in and wrote his own love letter to himself and is now telling everybody someone else wrote it. 
Is this Katie your imaginary friend? Okay, you got me. Really? That's, no, that's really not true. <laughs> y'all, she, y'all looked at me like it was true. Is she cute? Um, my all of my imaginary girlfriends are very cute. How many do you have? Well, I've I've had five total. Yeah. Have he, you really? He has yeah. enough. Yeah. There are no Katies, Catherines, or Kates that work for BYU Broadcasting. Correct? How about Caden? So. How about Caden? K A D K A D C A D O N. Nope. That means it's a fake name. Which means uh, someone's pulling a prank. Or an alias. Or maybe it's an imaginary friend that you made up. <laughs> this is a possibility. <laughs> this is so weird. The timing is incredible. I got here, find out from Rob. I couldn't remember the topic of the show. Found out the topic of the show. A few minutes later, you're coming in telling me, hey, did you give me a Capri Sun? And then I'm thinking, oh, my heavens. This guy has an imaginary friend. Matt doesn't even put the uh, flavor in his water. Until he gets into the building. Yeah. I want to keep my water flavorless. Which, oh, to me, I, it's the, the kind of time I, last to think minute, things through last and minute. plan things out. It's, and, not, it's I mean, not me. I realize his handwriting here is, is kind of loopy and... Loopy and whatever. Girly. But it's not that Th- This, to me, looks like a man trying to imitate a girl's handwriting. That's what it looks like. Really? Because look at the word talkative. But I think Who it looks like natural handwriting to me. Look at that G. I mean, that's not even a G. That's that's a squiggle. That's not even a G. Hey, here's the deal. Um, we'll come back to it, Sky. But I want to know more about your imaginary dates with Katie. Um, that'll be great fun. So today on the show, we're talking imaginary friends. Do your children have imaginary friends? And apparently, according to our own uh, Colonel Rob Sanders, who's been researching imaginary... Now, why have you been researching imaginary friends? Because today's topic was kids, and I put that in a search engine, and that's what I got out. No, okay. it's, <laughs> there's actually more truth to that than you realize. But <laughs> the, uh, the concept, we all had things, not just even imaginary friends, but objects we'd personify yeah. when we were kids. I think we all did it. Well, like Sky brings his um, blankie and that funny bear that he drags everywhere. No, the blankie's his cape. Yeah, that's my cape, Matt. Oh. Don't ever call it a blankie again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> keep those two straight. Yeah, keep the two straight. So, um, did, Bryce, did you have something that you carried around as a child? No, I don't think so. No, sorry. you did. Come on. I really don't. No, tell them about the I thing. Don't... Tell them about the thing, Bryce. <laughs> I think I discovered video games really early on. You carried it. <laughs> and so you carried that was a video good. game so around. So you were carrying a Game Boy um, around? No, no. You're boring. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish I had a more run-of-the-mill child. I mean, like four or five, I was sitting down Did you down play with any, games. like, did you play, I had a Lone Ranger horse. I had trains when I was a kid? Did you carry the train around? I don't think so. They're hard to carry. They're they're kind of bulky. Yeah. I mean, especially like the, I the get, real when I was a kid, he was called Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, yeah. Not Thomas the Train. Yeah. Which, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's good alliteration. Were there. you into Thomas? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had those toys. I mean, that like, explains a lot. They're like cast iron toys. Yeah. I always thought you were a trained person. I'm not now. No. But back then I was. By the way, really quick, what was your girlfriend's name? Uh, Thomas the Train. Okay, still not sharing it. <laughs> That's really uh, that was our a test. non-feminine name. What was your girlfriend's name, Skyboy? What was my girlfriend's name? Your imaginary girlfriend. Um, it's Katie, right? Katie. Katie. We'll go with Katie. (laughs) Teach us some more. Well, mention what what you were saying, too, about you discovered video games early. The research shows, and this makes sense, the kids that have more unstructured, unsupervised time are more likely to 
have their imaginary friends or personified objects to play with. Oh. It's so so, like a babysitter. Oldest kids, only kids, kids who, you know. Do they have, they have more imaginary friends? Yeah. So if you have a child out there who has an imaginary, and you'll know because you'll be driving them to school and they'll be talking to someone in the back seat, and they're an only child. Yeah. It's like, it's like there are. And sometimes the, things aren't uh, harmonious. They, they will have arguments with their imaginary friends. It's true. Uh, my niece, really? there's a number of cows that live in her closet. I think there's four of them most of the time. Sometimes they have parties on the roof, and it keeps her up at night. Hold it. Cows partying on the roof. Yeah, okay. they're, they're dancing. What? I think one of them is named Carmungle. What is the deal with the cows? Because I saw this in the research. I didn't even highlight it because it sounded so random. I dismissed it. Um, so a lot of times, it, off, most of the time, your imaginary friend is human. But the, wow. it says right here, herd of cows. Sometimes there are cows of many colors and varying sizes who are often fed or diapered like infants and discover when the child's accidentally stepped on one, you know? Well, I know. I, I just know that there's at least four of them, and they all fit in her closet. Or wow. have in the past. Maybe they Katie's may have vacated. Is Katie a cow? <laughs> Maybe it's not. It's like a girlfriend. Maybe it's just a cow. Matt, I really don't know. Who and Katie then at the is. bottom it says like eat more chicken. Yeah, you, you know what you got to do? Spell is drawn. Check with security and see if any cows got in here. I'll check with Sam. He's the security Sam. guy. Sam. Sam will take care of that. Uh, so cows, imaginary friends. So if your kid has an imaginary friend, that seems like something that would freak a lot of parents out. And you'd think so. But is should it? But uh, they're showing uh, by age seven, 37% of children have had an imaginary plaything or invisible friend. That sounds low to me. Yeah. I thought it was a much higher percentage. Yeah. You know, I think part of it, too, those younger siblings have older brothers and sisters to play with. Yeah. Or to so they don't need not it. play with. Right. But they have, as, as is often the case with, in, in my with, opinion, yeah. as, compete for attention. A, a number of older people to ignore you. <laughs> uh, well, and t- TV too. If, so if they have access to a lot of TV, they're less likely to have an imaginary friend because they have imaginary friends on TV. That's right. Full house. Well, don't you Save think this isn't just a kid thing? If you were on a deserted island, don't you think you would imag- eventually get an imaginary friend? I think I'd draw a face on something. I'd probably use my blood and draw a face on a ball named Wilson. I like my my imaginary that. friend would be named Spalding. Right. <laughs> I was going to say something like Nike or Reebok or something. <laughs> so Bryce, you're being very quiet about imaginary friends, which means we are on we're we're hitting a nerve, and uh, you've gone quiet. Well, no, I no, I just I don't know. With what Rob's saying is, I'm the youngest kid. There were my my sister's much older than me, so like we I didn't have like the flowery, wonderful chat. Like by the time I was self-aware yeah. my sister was a teenager you were in slave labor i was well it was just like it was not about you know stuffed animals and pink colored things it was yeah. boys and volleyball and backstreet boys and hold you know, hold, 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 that's hold. what that was sort of the the kid back environment up, just back up just back up <laughs> what's going on now uh what'd you say three things you listed i said it was it was boys boy volleyball volleyball and uh, the boy band known as the Backstreet Boys. Did they dress you up as each member of the Backstreet Boys? Was no. that your trifecta right there? No. Volleyball, buddies. This Backstreet is what his Boys. sister was into. Yeah, this is what my sister. Was not into. what he was into. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I was like, it's not. That. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. So then, what were you into? 
video games, right? Well, yeah, I have video games. Uh, I was swimming. What else did I do? Have you ever taught? Power Rangers? Oh, Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. Excellent choice. Okay, oh, no that more. was great. Green Ranger. Were you the Green Ranger? Oh, yes. Interesting. Oh, yes. Because you know the color choice means a lot. I does don't, it? I really yeah. don't think it does, but anyone who takes a, who has a knife that's actually a flute that calls Godzilla that destroys the city every time you need him to help out. like And not to mention those shoulder cool. pads. <laughs> hey, you know what is so weird? Just as an older person listening to you guys, you needed more imaginary friends because you were playing with these... Um, Prefabricated imaginary pre-fa- friends? Yeah, that were then... Making they were making a lot of money off of you. Hey, win win. See how that works. That's it. it. When we were young, we used to have we make up our our imaginary friends. We'd make them up. And you weren't basing it off of a video, a cartoon. Didn't you already bring up show. that you had Silver the Horse? I did have Silver. You didn't the horse. make that up. No, but the funny thing was there wasn't a lot of video, so you got to use your mind. And even better, the horse used to bug me because the horse was a plastic figure, and none of its legs moved. Oh. So it was a very stiff-legged horse. Whereas we had Power Rangers toys that mm-hmm. had, like, four points of articulation yeah. and would launch a little missile. Out of their chest. No, 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 no. They were the ones that uh, the head was wow. in the chest, and it flipped. So they would have their yeah, helmet yeah. on, but like, and then their head at the push of a move, button. A leg can move. You can make it kind of walk. You guys are Some mad. of us had personified uh, Crown Victoria taxi cabs. Really? Oh yeah! Did you you pretended to be a taxi driver? No, no, no. The, the taxi cab <laughs> was alive. Okay. So I wasn't just so you didn't. You I didn't, wasn't just a six year old kid pushing this little taxi cab no. around. The taxi cab was like Herbie, you know. Really? Yeah. And um, then we all saw Toy well, Story. Well, let's let's just let's. That just, was before Toy Story. Let's act that out a little bit. Come back up here, Rob. Let's just <laughs> let's just act that out. So let's say you're playing with your my car. Bro- hey, my brother was in on this too for a while. Did oh, they? Until did, he discovered video So it was games. a shared delusion. Did they have accents? No. I, I don't think the cars could talk. They was like Herbie. They, okay. They, they were alive. See, I was, but they I was hoping to hear it. Like, what, what was the voice of this? So, you would, so yeah, what would it sound like? Because you're very good at voice. Well, well, it sounds just like a car. Well, so give me an example. I don't know what a car sounds like. <laughs> that was the Crown Vic letting you know that your keys are in the ignition, but, your but the driver door is ajar. Or your seatbelt is not buckled. Oh, my goodness. Which I used to argue with that as a kid because you'd open a, on a Chrysler, you'd open the door and this light would come on and it'd say door ajar. And I'd say, no, it's a door, not ajar. Um, you know what, Rob? <laughs> I've got some friends you need this, to talk This is my to. childhood, you know. But it's really interesting that even as a kid, you were passionate about cars. Like, yeah. a lot of people would choose, I don't know, something that has eyes, well, I, arms. I, for, I remember you chose a car. When I was in first grade, you know, some of the girls I would hang out with, they liked their stuffed animals because they, they thought they were a zookeeper. Yeah. And so they had all their little... Yeah. So you were kind of just a car keeper. Yeah, you know. It's, did your car do anything Jay, else? Jay Leno, you know. Did it? Did it? Did your car take you on magical rides to places? The car in another could realm? handle. You, you could put it up on the top of the couch, and that was like a, a big tall building. Okay. And so it's like if you landed it just right, like if it landed on its wheels, it wasn't an accident, so it was okay. Oh, that was a good. But landing. if it landed upside down, Crash. Then, the, then the guy. You see, you'd have to like your little army guy. You'd have yeah. to pull out. He'd have to go to the hospital because he was in a crash. Hey, could you just give me quickly um, the sounds of <laughs> that the taxi personified taxi landing correctly with a little skid, 
and versus when it lands in a crash. Okay, so if it lands on the shock absorbers, it's kind of this like, <laughs> like oh, good, we landed it. Okay. But if it lands on its roof, it's kind of this like crunch type oh, sound. Man. It's like the roof caves in. Wow. Okay, and you're telling me this was okay. According to leading psychological researchers, it is okay. In fact, some, some people have their imaginary friends clear till seventh grade. Now, what happens? Much beyond that. But what happens if you have your imaginary friends into your late twenties? I I don't know. Then you probably need to go get more real friends. Schizophrenia. You seek help. (laughs) Then you've crossed the realm. Okay, we're talking imaginary friends. We're also going to try to find out who this Katie is, Sky's new fiance. If you're Katie, please call us. Katie, give us a call, (laughs) 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Sky is dying to know (laughs) if you have more Capri Suns to share. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break, come right back, and keep talking about kids. This is uh, Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about helping your kids make friends. And uh, in the earlier uh, block, we were talking about imaginary friends. Um, just checking in really quickly. Sky, anything on Katie yet? Have you figured anything out? Nothing yet. Anyone Still called waiting in? for the call. Okay. Nobody has called in. If any of you left a Capri Sun with a note um, to our wonderful um, board op slash superhero, Skyboy, then please let us know. Give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Katie apparently is your name or your, a- your alias. And, uh, hmm, we're trying to figure it out for you, Sky. I think it's romantic. I think it's cute. Thanks. And she knew you. Lo- she knew a couple things. She knew I was muscly. Yeah. I noticed that. Well, that was obviously somebody trying <laughs> but to. But she also had critiques. She likes him better talkative. She likes him talkative. And... Oh, she's already trying to control him. Have you, have Sky, you partaken? Run, <laughs> run you, in the other direction. Have you tasted your Capri Sun yet to be talkative for Katie? I haven't tasted it yet. Why don't you pop that bad boy open? <laughs> Not not in the studio, but just yeah. run out and take a sip and then come back in. Okay, I'll just let, for I'll her. Let I mean, know. I want her to get the full effect of. I will do that at some point during the show. Okay, I'm not going to commit. That's to her fine. Right we'll now. try to see if we can notice when you actually have sugar in your body. All right. Um, but before that, our own Bryce Tobin has put together a little bit of a rumination. It's a little softer this time. Around. It's softer. It's less of a rant, and I guess it's about people being loners and being good at being a loner. Friends are good. Socializing is also good. I would even say they're both pretty healthy, but they are not necessary for happiness or success. So please allow me to cite a few examples from history to either ease your fears or bolster your own confidence. Let's start with some science. There's Nikola Tesla. I'm not sure where to start with this guy. He's most famous for figuring out alternating current, but really he's the guy that made anything cool that uses electricity a possibility. He was also one of the earliest recorded goofballs in science. You could do something like ask him what would happen if you found the resonant frequency of the Earth and then built a machine, using electricity of course, to create waves at that frequency. What would happen? Most rational people would give a hypothesis and leave it at that. Not Tesla. He'd write it out, then build the machine, and then turn it on. Which is something he actually did, and he had to destroy his machine with a hammer to keep it from leveling the building he was working in. Ultimately, his big break happened in 1893 when the World's Fair was entirely illuminated by Tesla's alternating current. And today, alternating current is all we ever use. Looking back, Tesla seems to be one of the few people that have really comprehended 
understanding what electricity is and how it works, while the rest of us only get what it does. But did you also know Tesla never even had a girlfriend? He pretty much lived in and out of his lab, but that didn't stop him from changing the world. What about Emily Dickinson? There's no denying that most people enjoy her work. She's like the ultimate underdog story, lives a secluded life, only communicates with visitors through a door, and then she died. While going through her things, someone found that she'd been writing and thought, hey, this is pretty good. So they got some of it published, and now Emily Dickinson is regarded as one of the best and most influential American writers. It's almost depressing that she never got to see the recognition everyone wants to give her, but if you think about it, I don't think she would have enjoyed it at all. But I dare you to find a literature textbook that doesn't mention Emily. All right, one last one. And I feel like he's the hero of reclusivity. Baseball's Joe DiMaggio. He'd go out there, play better than everyone else, he'd get along with everyone just fine, slap a smile on his face, but then once he was off the field, he was a ghost. I read a few places describing him as fiercely private. Best example I can find of his ferocity was the planning of Marilyn Monroe's funeral. Joe only allowed 25 people to attend. Everyone was furious, but Joe didn't flinch. He was awarded MVP three times and gave the Yankees nine World Series championships. What are a bunch of Hollywood types to a guy that can pull that off? Excellent work once again, Bryce. Joe DiMaggio, I did not know that. Yeah, me neither. He dated Marilyn Monroe. He did. How did he get Marilyn if he's such a loner? I guess he must have. He Maybe still it was successful. three MVPs. I think. Well, I think part of it is when we think loner, we think, oh, there must be a reason why. I bet it's like loner. an aura of mysteriousness. No, I'm sure. Like Katie. Yeah, just like Katie. Just, <laughs> just like Katie. Um. That's interesting because there seems to be a lot of movie stars kind of seem some of them very prone to Lonerville. Well, I'm uh, the cost. I mean, yeah, they get paid a gazillion dollars. But when I think about it, the cost in their life to that is they don't really get private time. Yeah. They're always around people. They're Mm -hmm. always, you know, people are trying to take pictures of them and stuff, but they always have to deal with and see people. Me, I get like mm, about eight or nine hours a day where I don't have to see anyone. And I kind of like it. Is that a, when is that? It's at night. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm unconscious unconscious for a lot of it, but still, I don't have to deal with anyone. No, but that's a great point. So when we're asleep, but see, like I'm married, so... I've got someone right there. There's someone else right there. Yeah, and so I'm not really alone there. And then when you have kids, you actually don't even get to go to the bathroom alone. Oh, that's so it's nice of them. Kids I hear just... cats do the same thing. Really? Cats bother you when you're in the bathroom. Really? Yeah, because cats are kind of jerks. Yeah. Like, give me some space, cat. Like, whoa, whoa, this kitty, relationship kitty. is moving way too fast, kitty cat. Isn't that sad? Uh, so sometimes it's funny. You kind of you like this loner idea. Well, just there's some people who are still successful. They still oh, yeah. do it doesn't good mean things. You're psycho. Yeah, I mean doesn't. you could be. It's possible. I mean, if you have 50 cats, it's a little that's weird. a different realm. It's a little weird, but and if you're talking to in like I don't know, if you're making car sounds when you're 30, you got to watch out for that. Well, hypothetically, can't win them all. Um, on the show, guess what? We're talking about making friends. We want to give you and your kids some help on how to make friends. We The, the show idea came from the, the day that we had a, um, a company party for the team here. And I took everyone to dinner. And at the dinner, we were all sitting. Really, there was one big table that sat, I don't know, 20 people. But Sky chose to just sit on his own table in another room. And I thought that was weird. And he, I By went other up, room, do you also mean in another state and I wasn't invited? No, because no, I'm I remember you guys going on a little dinner. You sent a picture. Yeah, we're we having fun. Yeah, it was really fun. You what? Well, you were actually there. You just chose to sit in another room. 
So we wanted to we bringing on a psychologist to help us help you. Okay, man, you get a lot of guests to help me. I really well, appreciate you it. You know what? That's why we're here. Just for me, right? Pretty much. <laughs> An intervention for Skyboy and his new girlfriend, Katie. Have you found her yet? I haven't found her yet. No calls. Have you, have you partaken? Uh, not yet. The not yet. beverage. I put she it in the gave. fridge to cool off. Really? Was it hot? It was a little warm. Ah, uh, you know that's a sign of. What's that a sign she of? She likes She's you. She's thinking about you. She likes you a lot. I still think it was a guy pulling a prank on me. <clears throat> Dude, you're never gonna get married if you keep thinking. That. <laughs> We're gonna come back and uh, be joined by Dr. Eileen Kennedy Morris, psychologist, author, and speaker. She's gonna help us. Uh, to uh, help our kids make better friends and healthier friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are uh, digging into this idea of how we can help our kids make better friends. Of course, our uh, resident kid on the show, Skyboy, still can't find his friend. Sky, are you sad? I'm getting there. I wanted to call. Do you? Would you? Do you want Katie to be real, or would you rather that this be a prank? Uh, depends on who Katie is. Because if Katie's real, you've got a new friend, which would be a very valuable, incredible thing. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had one of those before. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking this. Could I'm be anxious great. to find out what it's she like. She even did. She just wrote "secret admirer" too on it. Yeah. So she's been secretly watching you. She's been stalking me. So this is a different kind of a relationship than I think we were talking about. We were we weren't talking. This is somebody that wants to be all romantic with you. Yeah, I get that a lot though. So really, yeah. See, I don't get friends, but I get people who want to be romantic with me. Yeah, see, that doesn't even make sense to me. <laughs> like, I don't get okay, that. Okay, why not? Anyway, we uh, instead are going to move on and let Sky try to figure it out. Um, we'll know by the end of the show. If Sky's here for the very last minutes of the show, we're going to know uh, that he could never solve this thing with Katie. But if he's gone, by golly, that means he figured out who Katie was, and they're probably on their way to Vegas to get married. So instead, let's just go to our, our guest, Eileen Kennedy Moore, is, jo- is joining us. She's a PhD, a psychologist, an author, and a speaker. She has a private practice in Princeton, New Jersey, where she works with adults, children, and families. She's the co-author of two books for parents, Smart Parenting for Smart Kids, Nurturing Your Kids' True Potential, and The Unwritten Rules of Friendship, Simple Strategies to Help Your Child Make Friends. That's our topic today. She's the author of an award-winning children's book, What About Me? 12 Ways to Get Your Parents' Attention Without Hitting Your Sister. We found her on the blog Psychology Today called Growing Friendships. That's the, the title of the blog there. She serves on the advisory board for Parents Magazine and is an expert on parents.com. She and her husband have four children. Uh, Eileen Kennedy Moore, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. That's some uh, big, huge bio. Wow. You've got a <laughs> lot going on. Plus four kids. That's true. Yeah. Hey, um, help us with this friend thing. I mean, some people, you, you, you know, you kind of think that making friends would be natural. Everyone would just kind of naturally know how to do that. But that's not the case, is it? 
Well, I think just about every child struggles in some way at some time with friendship issues, whether it's resolving a conflict with a friend or even finding somebody to sit with at lunchtime. Yeah. There's a lot to figure out. Well, so so what are, you know, what's behind it? And what what are the things that tend to create the problems? And I guess, too, what are the problems? I mean, from finding a friend to um, dealing with your conflicts. I mean, it's interesting, too, having just this week spoke, uh, I, I did some speeches for about 800 singles. And the amazing thing was they have very similar problems still, finding the right person, managing the conflicts in these relationships. This seems to be kind of a universal thing. That's one of the things that I just find so interesting about studying friendship is that the themes that are there in preschool continue Do all they? the way through our lives. That's scary. That's really scary because... <laughs> well, hopefully we learned something along the way. Oh, yeah. Well, but in kindergarten, I was playing kissing tag. Oh. But you know what else? You're like, oh. But what was different about me, um, I couldn't ever... I, they always caught me. <laughs> it was, I was so bad at that game. Um, so Dr. Moore, uh, or Dr. Kennedy Moore, tell us this. I, I, need, I need some insight. Um, first of all, a friend, do we really have to have them? There are some people who are content without a friend, but they're definitely in the minority. Yeah. For most kids, having a friend gives them a sense of belonging. It, um, it helps them get through the rough times and makes the good times more fun. Also, developmentally, friends are really important because they help kids move beyond self-interest. Okay. So caring about a friend or just wanting to continue playing with that friend means we have to be nice and yeah. compromise and work things out. Should we be worried? If, so as a parent, if we don't see that our child is, you know, kind of pushing the friend frontier, if they really are just content with a book, we, we, should, we should be a little worried? I think we need to look carefully at what is going on with this child. There are certainly some people who are natural introverts and just need a lot of time alone. That's how they get their energy. But being an introvert doesn't mean that you can't make friends. So the questions we want to ask ourselves are, does this child have someone to sit with at lunch, someone who likes them and, and they like them back? Um, do, can they be social when they want to be? Because we want this to be a matter of choice, not that giving up because there's no hope and nobody likes me. Right. And just kind of watching the mood of the child. Does the child seem really unhappy and lonely? And of course, then we want to intervene. Yeah. I, I mean, and what's amazing about this, we couldn't have a better guest. You wrote the book on it, right? So the, un, <laughs> the unwritten rules of friendship, simple strategies to help your child make friends. And by the way, you can go find that book on her website, EileenKennedyMore.com. And I guess, can they find it? I guess just Googling it, you'll be able to find it on Amazon right. and other places. It's available places. at Amazon and all the local bookstores, too. Yeah. So, so fill us in. What are the unwritten rules of friendship? What, what are some of them? What should we know? Well, in any social interaction, there are all these unwritten guidelines about how to get along. So, for example, you can't join a group by disagreeing. Mm. Think about this. Imagine a kid and all the other boys are playing with Yu-Gi-Oh uh, cards or whatever yeah. the latest collectible is. And our boy walks up to him and says, well, these are really stupid because, I mean, they're just cardboard <laughs> with pictures painted on them. Yeah. He is right, but he may as well have a neon sign above his head saying, I don't belong here. Yeah, so that's he, a huge he, one. 
yeah, you can't join a group by disagreeing. So either he needs to find some way to relate to that group, maybe asking a question or admiring how many they have, or he's got to find another group where they all hate Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Mm. Sky, did you get that one? That was a really good, that's a really big one. You can't join a group by disagreeing with the group. If you want to be a member of a team, you have to try to agree with them, or at least, you know, see where you can agree. some area of commonality. We're trying to do this, just so you know. We're talking with Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore, and she's, in a weird way, we're having an intervention for Skyboy, who's the guy that runs our board here. Right, Sky? Yes, that's what I've been told. Okay. So, um... Anyway, just keep listening and keep taking notes. I was proud that you got some notes there. So, Dr. Moore, tell us, tell us this. Um, the first one, you can't join a group by disagreeing. Um, how do I get my kid? If my kid would rather be right uh, than part of a group, how, how do I bridge that? Well, there's another unwritten rule, which is that, and this one actually is not mine. Um, it's it's from um, oh Dale Carnegie yeah. wrote this years ago. He said, "You can't win an argument because if you lose it, you lose it. But if you win it, you lose it too." Mm. So sometimes with my clients, I'll ask them, "So what do you think you lose if you win an argument?" And the answer, of course, is the good feelings of the friends. Nobody wants to be a loser. <laughs> Nobody right. wants to feel put down. Yeah. That's a great point. You can't. So either way, you win, I mean, you lose. Right, exactly. So what you need to do is, if you're in a conflict situation, and sometimes I'll, I'll actually help sit with a kid and list, so what can you do if you're in a conflict? Start by asking questions, because sometimes understanding what it is that the other person wants um, can help you figure out how can we move forward from this. You can also offer a compromise, which means that we get partly what I want and partly what you want, sure. and we can both live with it. And another option is to just give in to the other person. Let them have their way, not as a sign of weakness, but as a sign of caring. Yeah. And don't you, you can almost just hear people recoiling by that idea. Oh, give in even though they're wrong. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I mean, so I guess that's why they kind of, you need to know what your goal is here. Is my goal to be connected to people or is my goal to be right? And as you were saying, sometimes I see adults who have trouble with this, married couple, but he's wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you love him. Yeah, no, right. let him be wrong and And let him do it the wrong way. That's right. And and interestingly, it seems like when you're, just right when you're willing to do that, uh, it seems like he might soften and then we can go back and talk. Exactly, exactly. Otherwise, we're just kind of fighting. Our egos are battling when in reality, you know, who cares? Most of the time, our logic's not that critical. Well, I think you really hit on it there, Matt, because the key to friendship is kindness. It's Ugh. being able to reach out to other people in kind ways. It's amazing, isn't it? Because, like, that's something you learned in first grade. Uh huh. <laughs> Maybe, just, sort of. I mean, that's where you're supposed it. to, like, start to internalizing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The key to friendship is kindness. And um, so it, it's interesting. You can influence your kids. So if you see your child is not overly integrating, isn't being super friendly, is kind of more worried about being right than being integrated and, and, and part of the group, I guess you, you can – There's you don't just have to – it's not just you that's that's in the game. There's ways that you can help your child learn to relate, right? It's not like they're just born a relator or not. You Definitely. can teach it. 
And every child brings different strengths and struggles to the social situation. And I think that that's what's really important to understand is we don't want to make over our child. Right. We want to sort of help them to do what they want to do. Yeah. From their strength, huh? Exactly. Because they'll they'll have a strength. You might have, I mean, I have kids that just, and I don't know where they get it. They just keep talking and talking (laughs) and talking. I think it's their mother. No, maybe not. Um, But you kind of, you don't want to stop them, but you also want, you know, okay, eat dinner. (laughs) Got to eat too. So um, how do we, how do we do this? How can we help our children relate? How do we start getting them some of the feedback that they need? With a lot of gentleness. And the first, the first part, though, is really to observe them. Or if your kid is in, in school, you can talk to the teacher about what the teacher is seeing. Because the, the teachers know child development better than anybody. Right. Oh, because yeah. they see a group of 25, 30 kids every year of that same age. So they really have a very good sense of what is typical and what, what might be a problem. For example, seven-year-olds often say, nobody likes me. And it's very reassuring for parents to know, oh, they all do that. (laughs) Oh, interesting, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's not just your kid. That's kind of a universal at seven. And and six-year-olds often fall off of their chair for no reason. (laughs) They're not trying to be bad. They just do that. You know what? Sky Sky does the exact same thing, and we can't figure out why. We thought he had a bad chair. Um, (laughs) When you look at it, too, it seems like one of the funny things is – not funny, but like your how you reflect onto your child. Like if you reflect a lot of worry that they're not that they're not out playing with friends, and and you start building this case to an eight year old that you need to get out there because you're not going to have friends later. And you, in a weird way, your lack of confidence in them they could start internalizing. Exactly, and that's where the observation comes in because we want to just really figure out the little things, the little nuances that they need to get right, and we need to share our confidence that they can learn to get along with other people. Probably the best thing that parents can do is to to arrange one-on-one play dates because that really helps the friendships to bloom. That's a great idea, and that could be a simple, I mean, you can even do that without your child being a part of it. You can just go to a, my wife will just say, hey, yeah, we're going to babysit so-and-so if you'll babysit our kids. And then all of a sudden, these kids are coming over to play with our kids. Uh-huh. And, but you want to set it up for success. Yeah. So know what your kid does so you can talk about it beforehand. Like you might oh, have oh to... and then teach them and say, why don't we try working exactly. on this today? Right. Or saying something like, when your guest comes over, it's your job to make sure the guest has a good time, which means that you can't wander off and play your video games all by yourself and leave the kid alone. So another thing that I say is, you know, at the beginning of a play date, there's often that awkward moment where the kid comes over and your kid says, so what do you want to do? And the other kid says, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. So what I recommend for my clients is have two ideas. So when the kid shows up, you say, would you like to do A or would you like to do B? That's a great idea. And then you let the kid decide. And you get the party started that way. That's a great idea. Exactly. Because then it's not, yeah, especially if you know that happens every time they come over. Right. And if you even know 20 minutes later they're going to need another thing, maybe you need a list of 10 things. Okay, take your pick. Good stuff. And with younger children also, you can kind of keep a little bit of an ear out, and if things start to get a little tense, you can sort of leap in there and say, yeah. hey, who needs a snack? That's right. <laughs> who needs sugar? Good. We're talking with Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore. 
She's a psychologist, author, speaker. She has uh, she's written the book that we're talking about right now, The Unwritten Rules of Friendship, Simple Strategies to Help Your Child Make Friends. We're going to take a break and come right back. We're going to start talking about different, uh, I guess, personality types in a way or different friendship types and friendship styles. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. This is our hoedown music, which means we're coming up on the hour. And in this segment, uh, we are talking with Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore. Uh, She's an author and has written the book, The Unwritten Rules of Friendship, Simple Strategies to Help Your Child Make Friends. You can go find her website, which I highly recommend. Her blog's there, information about what she does, other books she's written. It's all there at EileenKennedyMoore.com. EileenKennedyMoore.com. You can also go to her website, AttentionWithoutHitting.com. So if you have a child that uh, tries to get attention by hitting, there's a a great site, probably a great site for anything related to... to Dr. Kennedy Moore's work, and also uh, just her parenting techniques, her parenting skills. So, Dr. Moore, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt. The kids are complicated, I guess, I mean, really, just like humans and um, or adults. And one of the things, I guess, is we all are friends in different ways, right? So That's we, very true. we approach yeah. it differently. And you've put together some styles for us. Help us understand what the personality or friendship styles are. Well, my co-author Natalie Elman and I um, put together nine descriptions of nine ex- typical children who struggle socially in different ways and who also have certain social strengths. Hmm. Now, these are not diagnostic categories right. by any means. These are just descriptions. And you may find that your child fits more than one category. So they include uh, the, the different drummer, the shy child, the short-fused child, oh. the little adult, and the sensitive soul. Holy cow. I think I have every one of those. <laughs> So tell me, what's the little drummer? Is that just somebody the, the tapping? The different drummer is a kid who's just kind of out of sync with uh, their peers. Yeah. They often relate better to adults, um, but they, they may have unusual interests. They may talk nonstop. They, other kids may find them irritating. So sometimes they scare away potential friends by coming on too strong. Mm-hmm. Um, or they may complain that other kids avoid them. Wow. And, I mean, that the different drummer, and, I mean, all of a sudden, I can just already see how beneficial this is. If you can discern that your child's a different kind of drummer, you, you would then, I guess, put together a different approach exactly. for that child. So these kids tend to be oblivious to other people's reactions. So a lot of it is helping them to recognize so uh, what's going on? So one of the unwritten rules for the different drummer is when someone says stop, stop. You need to stop. <laughs> Listen to that. <them>. Fascinating. <laughs> well, we all make social mistakes. Oh, yeah. Um, like, have you ever told a joke and it's not funny? Oh, every day, every, every <laughs> right. hour. But if you stop there, that's okay. Yeah. It's if you persist, if you do it eight more times hoping it will become yeah. funny. Yeah, then it really gets <laughs> then, funny. 
<laughs> right, and then you tend to annoy the other kids. That's true. What? Give us another one. Some of those were uh, fascinating. The sensitive one. This is the child who seems to be born with their emotional emotions set on high. So they have very big reactions. They're prone to tears. And, I mean, we can argue about whether or not this should be true, but I'm just going to tell you, from about first grade on, there is a social cost to crying in public. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, unless it's like a physical yeah. terrible injury. Um, so with these kind of kids, these, these gentle ones, we don't want to toughen them up. Yeah. But we do want to give them some coping strategies for when they feel like crying, but they're in public, so they really know that they shouldn't. And wow. these could these could include things like taking a deep breath, counting windows or, or yeah. floor things. Um, sometimes I tell kids just kind of put your cross your arms and give yourself a little hug, mm. and just say I'm going to be okay. And sometimes the best thing to do is just take a break, go get a drink of water, go to the bathroom, just step away from the situation for a little bit. It's uh, I think you. It's funny because um, if you, another one is the born leader, you, you've pegged these because you, you can see this, you can see it. If you go sit with a first grade class like a teacher and hang out with them long enough, you're going to see each one of these kids. The born leader. Tell us about that one. Well, this is. I mean, all of these kids, it's really important to understand, have strengths. Yeah. But they also have certain blind spots, and that's where we want to help them. So the born leader, they're full of ideas, but sometimes they tend to come on a little too strong. And this is the the kid that you were talking about who's very concerned about being right right and having things done their way. And they need to be need to learn how to compromise. They need to recognize also when they're pushing too hard. So, for uh, so we we may want to help them to recognize what what are the how are the other kids re- reacting. So maybe they're looking away. Maybe their arms are crossed and um, their jaws are tense, and that's a sign that they might need to say okay, I guess you don't like that idea. Um, what do you think we should do? And ask a question. Oh, I think it's fascinating. Do you, um, as a counselor, psychologist, do you sit there when your kids are playing and you start like identifying the styles of their friends and seeing how they fit? Because it seems like to me you put two born leaders in a room and only one's going to come out. <laughs> Well, often, though, that, that, that can work out because they're both strong enough that they, oh, they can, can handle each other, yeah. To compromise as opposed to it, it, it can, it's a struggle, but it's a healthy struggle. Yeah, maybe the worst, uh, a worst situation might be the two short fused children. <laughs> so then yeah, we're going to set each other off all night. Those are the kids who, who tend to get angry very easily. Now, research tells us that kids and adults who are prone to anger tend to assume that someone is deliberately doing that thing out of meanness. Yeah. So for these kids, what I like to do is play what I call the maybe game. So um, I'll give them a, a kid crime, like, um, Jeremy took your pencil. And then you can say, okay, so maybe he was doing it out of deliberate meanness, but what are some other reasons why he might have taken it? And yeah. we come up with, well, maybe he saw it on the floor and he didn't realize it was yours. Maybe he thought it was his. Um, 
That's a great Maybe tool. He just did it without even thinking about it. Right. <laughs> just grab something. Well, so. and it's teaching your child the the power of your interpretation. And exactly. man, you play that game with them when they're young. I mean, really, you you there's there's anger management for children right there. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. And we also with the short fuse, fuse child, another thing that's really important is to help them to recognize the times when they're starting to get angry. What are the feelings, the sensations in their body? Because it's much easier to deal with that anger when it's little than when the smoke's coming out of their ears. Yeah. You said that earlier, too, that we have to understand our kids. I mean, if you understand your child is a short-fused child, and you might notice, hey, if they've got some food in them, their fuse is a little longer. If they're anticipating possibilities, that might be longer. If we can positively interpret with the maybe game, that might be longer. I mean, part of this is you have to understand your child from their perspective, which seems like such a hard thing for parents, isn't it? Because it we, is. we just want them to be normal like us. <laughs> right. And uh, don't forget on your list, sleep. I'm convinced oh. that sleep deprivation is the root of all evil. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, think of how many problems start when we just haven't had enough sleep. Yeah. And I mean, it's not a, if, you, if they're well fed and well rested, it's not a guarantee no. that our kids are going to behave. But we're fighting an uphill battle if we don't have that basic biological back block in place. Well, and think about so the alternative to understanding if, if you don't the alternative to understanding you have a short fused child is just I guess one of them is to demonize them like you're just naughty. Right. You're just bad. Yeah. And then we'd set them up for, I guess, a future of being told how naughty they are. Exactly. If we keep saying you're bad, you always do bad things, what does that imply about the next chapter in the story? That oh, yeah. it's going to be more badness. And I, I've talked a, a number of times about how sometimes we get one kid in the family who falls into the role of the bad kid. Yeah. And that is it's so important to intervene there because we really need to help that child step out of that role. Love that. I mean, imagine you're the black sheep and you've heard it phrased the black sheep, you know, the special one uh, <laughs> that my sister's called me. I, maybe it's just not as bad, but my sister's called me the golden child. Like oh. Matt can't do anything wrong. Well, that's pressure too. Well, I mean, that's huge pressure. And then, you know, I played on it. I'm like, you're right. You know, I'm spoiled. <laughs> deal with it. Mom didn't even like you guys. Um, it's a, it's a big deal how we model and how we parent uh, with our kids. We're going to have we're, – we're talking with Eileen Kennedy Moore. She's a Ph.D., author, psychologist, and uh, she's written the book The Unwritten Rules of Friendship, Simple Strategies to Help Your Child Make Friends. Go check out her website. We're going to come back with her, but her website's EileenKennedyMoore.com. Or go to her, another website called attentionwithouthitting.com. We're going to come back and start focusing on you as a parent. Parents, what do you need to be doing to help your children be better friends, maybe learn to socialize a little bit better, create stronger social networks? This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show, a, a late-breaking update on Sky Boys um, dating adventures. Again, some of you didn't hear in the first hour, but our, our great board op here, Sky Boy, 
showed up to work with a letter from an anonymous female. Uh, her name is Katie. She signed it Katie, but he, she is his secret admirer. And Katie... Pretty much my girlfriend now. And Katie apparently took Skyboy out for a drink. Uh, Capri Sun. She left him a Capri Sun, which means we've narrowed down uh, Katie's age to about 12. <laughs> Just kidding. That's funny, though. So, Sky, any news? Nothing yet. You feeling the love, though? I don't think there's anything that says love like a Capri Sun. Well, totally. I know what this is about. We did just have a brownie scout troop that went on a tour <laughs> through the building, and they they brought him in here, and or, maybe or one was brownie troop, you know, leader Katie. Could be someone from your live show at the Women's Expo. Weren't you, like, totally. scouting out there for me? We totally were. Yeah. And we were telling everybody, Sky loves some Capri Sun. Yeah. Man. Just gave me chills. Um, so again, we're still looking for, if you happen to know who Katie is, give us a call, one eight five five chat byu Also, we'll keep you posted. If Skyboy happens to make it to the end of the show, then Katie never appeared. If Skyboy is not here, and we'll check in right about 4.59 to see if he's here. If he's not here, then that means Sky is on the loose and he's found Katie. Okay? Is that fair, Sky? Totally fair. Perfect. Let's get back to the show and get uh, back to our wonderful guest. Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore is joining us. Go to her website, EileenKennedyMoore.com or AttentionWithoutHitting.com. Dr. Moore is a psychologist and an author, and she's written two books, Smart Parenting for Smart Kids, Nurturing Your Child's True Potential, and The Unwritten Rules of Friendship. Simple strategies to help your child make friends. She's been trying to teach us with just, you know, she's trying to slow it down for us and, and help me understand how we make friends. She's, she's given us some really, I think, uh, great ideas about these parent or these uh, friendship and personality styles that our kids have. Some of our kids are kind of the vulnerable child, the intimidating child. You might have one that is the different drummer that kind of is always just a little bit off. The shy child, the short-fused child, the little adult, the sensitive soul, the born leader, the pessimistic child. So here we sit as parents, children of all different types, of all different abilities. And by the way, all strengths. Um, and they all have some blind spots, she taught us. But Dr. Moore is now going to teach us as parents, what are some things we should be doing with all of these diverse uh, types? Dr. Moore, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt. So again, I mean, it's, and this is what's funny. I've noticed my kids, they're all different. Absolutely, yes. That I doesn't seem too, right. And it's like, you know, you figure it out with one kid and then yeah. something completely different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and some of them you relate to so much because, you know, they might like mirror the type of child you were, you know, or they, your personalities might jive a little bit. And then others are so opposite of us, aren't they? That's true. And I think either one can be good or challenging. Right. When it's a child that's like us, we have that extra empathy, but sometimes we empathize too much. Yeah. We think, oh, this is exactly like what happened to me with Margaret McGillicuddy in yeah. third grade. <laughs> and it isn't. It isn't. This isn't is that? It's true. Life. This is their, their time to go through it. Well, and then you might end up overcompensating. You might end up, right. you know, not truly helping them. So as a, as a parent, what are some things we should be doing? What are the things... One of the, the, I think the big key point you started the whole show on is you have to understand your child. You have to get who they are 
really from their frame of reference. Exactly. And that can be hard if we have a very different style than our a social style than our child does because we're like, well, why can't they just do that? Yeah. Because it's so easy. And, well, maybe not for them. But it's okay that there, there are so many day, ways to navigate the social world, and it's okay. In, in our American culture, we tend to value extroversion. Oh, yeah. But not everybody has to be a life-of-the-party extrovert bounding into the room. There is definitely room for a quieter, more thoughtful way of relating. Mm-hmm. In fact, I mean, the research into that, introverts have their own more powerful way in a way. I mean, sometimes it's the introvert that actually gets heard once in a while. The extroverts are always talking, but when it's, I've always found it funny that when the introvert actually starts talking, boy, they can get your attention very quickly. Like, whoa, uh-huh. he's saying something. Yeah, so, so there's no one right answer. Yeah. And that's really what it's about, is knowing our kids and helping them to grow in their own special way. So we really need to strike that balance between accepting who our children really are and helping them to grow. That acceptance is essential. If they sense that their mom and dad doesn't get them, that they don't, they're not accepted because they keep getting this quiet little message back that they're broken, um, right. that's got to be devastating to a little kid. And it can overwhelm the kid also. Sometimes, like in, in the unwritten rules of friendship, we have, my co-author and I identified nine example kids. Don't sit your kid down and say, right, we got this book, let's do all of them. Yeah, <laughs> right. So a little tip, as the child is ready, when the situation comes up, um, another thing is the book has all these little vignettes, these little stories about different situations. And even my own kids like the stories. <laughs> so that oh, did they? be a nice entree to just read the story and say, what do you think this kid hasn't learned on their own? What is it that they need to figure out? And sometimes the, with that observer perspective, it can help the kids to see what, what they might not be seeing in their own life. It's a hidden skill. I mean, we all get we're supposed to sit down and read with our children. We get we're supposed to maybe sit by them if we're teaching them a, an instrument or if we're whatever we're doing. We we understand that as a parent. It seems like on the social side, we don't have as many exercises. We don't have as many drills um, that we can work with them on. And yet, this book seems like such a wonderful tool to create a really strong dialogue around friends, and and actually even build some emotional, some social intelligence. Exactly. But we really do need to proceed with gentleness because we don't want it to come across as, okay, now I'm going to tell you everything you're doing wrong. Yeah. Because the kid's going to withdraw from that and say, no, I don't want to hear it. How, How young is too young? I mean, when does a child, I mean, developmentally, there's a lot going on the first six to eight years, right? And when do we actually start, when should we really start noticing the socialization and the, the the process of the friends, you know, making a huge influence on the child. Well, Matt, I think it starts right from the beginning. Does you know it? how babies like, like whack you on the face and you take their hand and say, gentle. Yeah. That's the beginning of teaching how to relate to another person. Now, uh, preschoolers tend to be very interested, and toddlers, too, are, are very interested in other kids. Uh-huh. But they tend to view, especially the toddlers, tend to view them as a toy. Uh (laughs) So they might um, go over and then grab the other kid's toy, or you know. Oh man, it's it's so funny. I I had a chance in my church to be in what they call the nursery, just 
where, where they put all the young kids so the parents can go worship. And they have adults in there, and they I guess they just thought I'd be perfect. So you go in there, and we were just playing. You have, And we were building a tower uh-huh. all the way to the ceiling. And I had it built, and we had like 12 little kids helping. And then there was one little kid... The wrecking ball, we called him. Right. Of and that kid would was. dive in. And to see the social interaction of all of these people, even myself, I was like flabbergasted. Like, no way did you just tear down our tower. But yeah. it's 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 inherent, even at that young age of two or three, um, the social feedback they got from these kids, it, it's happening back then. Absolutely. And now take that up to a, a grade school age and a bunch of kids are playing soccer and then our kid comes over and snatches the ball and runs off with it. Yeah, yeah. Same reaction. And the kid hasn't learned that, well, oh, that's not the great way to, to yeah. join a group. You want to observe and then blend. So watch what the other kids are doing and then slide into the action without interrupting it. I love that. You also, you're a big advocate um, of, you know, for your younger kids, I guess, arranging play dates, kind of setting them up in a way, it sounds like, for some learning opportunities. Absolutely. Kids make friends by doing stuff together. So activities can help, um, like an after-school activity, because that gives them something in common, a shared interest. But the single best thing that parents can do to help their child deepen their friendships is these one-on-one play dates, because it's just the two of them, so there's not the distraction or the pull of other mm. kids. And if they have fun together, that's that's really helping the friendship grow. And you can't control, just like you can't control in your own life, all of the facets, the nuances, and the complications that are going to arrive. So in a weird way, it seems like a play date's ideal because chaos will probably eventually hit. <laughs> and right. and it, it, so it's a great little incubator that you can be there to maybe manage it and also talk about it You know, when the other child leaves, sit them down and, and have some good conversation. Yeah, but, but again, very gently. Yeah. So you never want to embarrass your kid in right. front of the other friend. Um, and the other thing is we need to be savvy about which kids we choose to have a friendship with. Some kids have what I call the magnet theory of friendship, which means that they believe they have to be so amazing and wonderful that they will just draw people to them mm. the way a magnet attracts steel. But really, friendship is about reaching out and being kind and making sure the other person has a good time when they're in our company. So, And friendship also grows by the overlap, the things that we have in common. So if you're picking, if you're thinking about who might be a good candidate for a play date, you want to think about who has a similar temperament, who has similar interests, so that when they get together, they can have a good time. Yeah, I love that. Um, is there, I mean, I guess, too, along with social, social skills, you, you also need to, to know how to be alone. You know That's what I mean? True. It's funny because I, I have a lot of people I know that they just can't be alone. Mm-hmm. And the minute they're done, you know, with one activity, they're immediately calling the next. Well, those might be the true extroverts yeah. who just draw their energy from being around other people. And so just like the introverts may need a little help being comfortable or, you know, greeting people when they're out and about, 
the extroverts might need some time to just relax. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with that, what I would think about is maybe help them make a list or some pictures of, so what can you do? When um, you don't, a friend isn't available to come o- over, what, how could you spend your time? What would you enjoy doing? And sometimes having that ready list can be helpful. That's a great idea. What do you do, um, just kind of the startup? One of the things I saw with these singles is a lot of them, they, hey, they'll show up at the activities. They'll you know, go to the dances or whatever. But it's the actual entree. It's the, I mean, how do, how do they get into a conversation and start up a friendship? Do you have any ideas on that? How do we teach our kids to actually initiate the talk? Starts with greeting, and we talk about four steps in a friendly greeting. So you look at the person, you smile, you say hello, and you say their name because that saying the name makes it um, personal. So a lot of times shy kids have trouble with this. So they ignore it when somebody says hi to them or they're looking away and kind of holding. So with those kids, what you might want to do is role play, practice. I've had kids where we line up all the stuffed animals and we go over and greet each one of them (laughs) just to get used to it. That's a great idea. I mean, I do the same thing with my child and the handshake. This Uh is how you shake an adult's hand. Exactly. None of this squishy-wishy. But, I mean, you could do the exact same thing. And this is how you could talk to your friends on your first day of school. Look at them, smile, say hello, and say their name or ask for their name. I have another tip that I, I give for, for kids on the first day of school. I used to do this with my own kids when they were younger. Is I would tell them, somewhere in your new class is a kid who's just waiting to be your friend. Mm-hmm. How are you going to figure out who that is? And then we could, and of course, when they were little, they would say, well, what's his name? <laughs> or what does he look like? And I said, I don't know. You've got to figure that out. Yeah. So they, this primes them to be on the lookout for friendly gestures. I so love maybe that. Maybe the other person says, saves them a seat or lends them a pencil or smiles at them or invites them to play at recess. And if they're on the lookout for those friendly gestures, they're more likely to reciprocate, to do yeah. it back to them. It's, uh, I think that's a really powerful tool, too, when they're older. Um, I've even seen with my own kids, you know, when they're really, they're at school and they're really into themselves. And I mean, meaning they're so frustrated because everyone's rude and so-and-so didn't talk to me. And um, sometimes just letting them start to recognize that there's, you know, there's people that need you to recognize them and kind of setting them up to know I had a child that went away to a kind of a camp thing. And while he was there, you know, he's going to be all nervous. He was telling me he's going to be so nervous. And I just said, look, just go try to serve the people that need your service while you're there. Go find the people that everyone's not talking to and go become a friend. And he called me from this place and he's like, dad, there's so many people that need a friend. Oh, oh I'm that's like, beautiful. Oh, beautiful, finally. And interestingly, he wasn't a self-conscious. Uh-huh, right. And that, that really is important to take the focus off of ourselves and be focusing on the other person. Mm. It's, um, again, we, we kind of think that this parenting thing should be just so natural because they're our blood. But they're more than just our blood. They're, uh, they're their own entity, aren't they, with their own little will and their own little willpower and, and agency and scent and gifts and, and abilities. And you've that's got to learn true. to understand it. Uh, that's very true. Yeah. Mm. What, uh, it, it, as we're kind of wrapping up, we have about a minute. What's the key, do you think? If there's one thing we, that, you know, that makes up the biggest difference, what should we as parents 
focus on first? What's the one thing to help our children be better friends and to make better friends? Kindness. When my kids were younger, we used to go around the table at, at dinner time, and everybody would report what was their best, what was their worst, and what kindness did they do that day. So, and this just set the expectation that, yeah, every day you should be doing something kind for somebody. I love that. So when they got older and crabbier, they would say, oh, I didn't do any kindness today. And I would <laughs> say, waste a day. Yeah, or yeah. I would say, well, there's two hours till that time. You still That's got right. time. <laughs> Go vacuum the bath. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, what a beautiful thought. What? And by the way, that's a, that's something any parent right now can go home as they're all driving home, you know, having dinner with their kids. Start it. Start the habit. Even as a grandparent, you're taking your kids out to dinner, your grandkids out to dinner. Ask them, what's something you, what's a kindness you did today? Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore, so appreciate your insights. Uh, for sure, going to have to have you back. Keep drilling you and asking you questions about parenting. Uh, go check out her books. She's uh, Go to her website, EileenKennedyMoore.com. EileenKennedyMoore.com. Smart parenting for smart kids. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we've been talking about friends, making friends, helping your kids make friends, even imaginary friends, uh, which I'm not sure if Skyboy has an imaginary friend because he's been, he had some weird thing go on today. Is she imaginary or not? Honestly, she's not. You did not invent this person. I did not invent this person. And she gave you a Capri Sun. She gave me a Capri Sun. Well, maybe she's a bully. Because yeah, maybe she's just going to, like, break my heart. Maybe she's bullying me. Maybe there's poison in the Capri Sun. Ooh. Have you tasted the Capri I haven't tasted it yet. Now maybe I shouldn't. I think it's symbolic. She wanted to take you out for a drink, but she knows you're LDS and you don't drink. You know? So she so decided she to give you a Capri instead. Sun. Or she's one of the brownie scouts that came in the tour. <laughs> and she just thinks you're cute because she thinks you're about 12. Or it's someone just pulling a prank on me. Or you go back to the prank. See, yeah. I think with that negativity, I'm a realist. Is that a re- is that yeah. realism? Yeah, that's realism. I'm pretty sure it's a bully. Uh, which is Colonel Rob Sanders has put together or found a list. I about, you guys say I was a bully. Are you a bully? No. Because um, so I, some kids have a hard time making friends anyway, but they might have a hard time because they're dealing with a bunch of bullies. Well, and research shows forty possible areas that may lead to being a bully or being bullied. Really? It's the Different same. areas? And what it is is social disconnect. Okay. We, we socialize with each other. It's a way of uh, being able to keep ourselves in check yeah. and get along more egalitarian. And so when you're out of jive with that, you cope with it by either pushing people around to get them to do what you want them to do or in turn you allow yourself to be pushed, to, pushed around by right. an individual and have them do. Okay. So what are some of those – what are some of those things to watch out for? Does not initiate conversations easily. Oh, see, so some of these people we were just talking about with Dr. Kennedy Moore, if they're kind of a shy kid, they don't initiate the conversations, they're probably more prone to be bullied. Yeah. Or to be bullies, right? In some cases, yeah. That's sad. Uh, often interrupts conversations what with do you the mean? peers. Oops, sorry about that. <laughs> um, so an interrupter might get bullied. Because you, you don't be the bully. Seems oh, to be. Could I, no, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. 
that, that, that. This is so fun. Okay, keep going. Observes play rather than being a part of the play. That's creepy. So being a social scientist? Yeah. Most social scientists are pretty creepy, and they seem like bullies. Being a student of the human condition is bullying? Just if you're creeping. Oh. So if you're watching from the outside... Just watching, but never being involved. It's called naturalistic observation. You can't if you get in there and interfere, and they know you're watching. They'll act different. Is it? Well, is don't it you think they're going to act different knowing that some notes? guy's watching you? Well, that's just it. If they don't know they're being watched, uh, okay, then you'll get. Is it? Like guy has got a girl watching notes? him. Oh, but Leaving he knows notes. she's watching. Now he does. If she's even real, you going to act different, Sky. If 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 she's not just some. Part of his imagination, some just subconscious thing. Maybe you wrote your own letter. We haven't checked your handwriting. I didn't write the letter. Yeah, you'd be the last. <laughs> we to know. got some zodiac stuff going on with this. Handwriting Give us some more, Colonel Rob. Does not pick up on visual signals or facial expressions or gestures. See, but these are all signs of social problems, right? I mean, like social. Kind of slowness. Ineptitude. So it's sad because the kids that are going to get bullied or potentially are the ones that are already struggling. And de- yeah, having to deal and with then, And then dealing with the bullying for the rest of the life, mm. they're going to be extra nervous around that anybody. That makes me sad. Yeah. Um, often this person will say he or she wants to be alone. And you'll see that just as much from the bully. Oh, yeah. From the bully. Um, ha- only has social interactions with peers. This is new. I don't remember this being because we didn't have this. Yeah. Only having social interactions with peers through websites. Oh, really? So is this like being web bullied? Yeah. It's huh. called cyberbullying. Yeah. That's scary. So if you so think about that, parents. If your kids are out there and their only friends are online, that you know they might be more of a, a likely target to be bullied or harmed in other ways well that and that, i think that's interesting too because the the emotions associated with making eye contact with yeah. somebody talking to, to them face to face they have to put the technology as a wall between them to yeah. be able to even function normally to even have conversations with friends can, mm. can i offer a quick question on no this? no you can't okay no go ahead <laughs> uh are, so these are signs of someone who is susceptible to bullying or becoming a bully are we sure these aren't signs of someone who has been bullied could be. Like, what's the youngest age they're testing these things for? I don't know if this was even a test or if this was just a list put together by a psychologist. Because these sounds like the kinds of things that you identify as someone who has been bullied to yeah. me. Well, I, you, know, you know what? There's probably a parallel. It's like sometimes being abused makes you abusive because you've just learned this pattern. Hmm. It's intense. I mean, it's a scary... Bullying is a big deal now. It's funny. I, I've wondered if there's more bullying now than there was years ago, or are we just now pointing it out? What do you guys think? I think we're better at pointing it out. I mean, there, there was always stuff going on on playgrounds. I, right? I think pe- people are just people, yeah. and uh, now people feel comfortable pointing it out. And I think in some ways, like, the venue has changed. We didn't have the internet to bully with, so. Yeah. Well, now we're being bullied by adults. I mean, yeah. some of this bullying is with the help of parents because you're on the internet. Hey, you tell that, girl. Let's go. You've heard the people making up the fake Facebook pages and trying to hurt other people's feelings in grade school or junior high. I mean, that's, come on. Come on. Hey, by the way, tomorrow we're going to have an entire show about bullying. 
and especially, interestingly, bullying of your daughters. An entire show about uh, to how to watch out for that, some tools, some experts coming in to teach us about that. We're going to take a break. We're talking um, when we come back with a good friend of ours. Vanessa Joy is going to be joining us. Fantastic musician, uh, singer, and she is going to be um, teaching us about how to deal with children that have some really big kind of talents. How to, like, you know, parent the talented child. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking friends, whether they're make-believe, whether they're bullies. How do you teach your kids as they're growing up to be healthy with other people? Again, just a quick update on our own little Sky Boy who has a uh, secret admirer. Somebody left him some Capri I don't know if you can call me little Sky Boy. She said in the note that I'm very muscly. Well, you can have muscles and be very little. She also called me Sky Man. Not Sky Boy. Have you ever actually had a muscle? <laughs> now, look at this. Not though. No, I'm talking about like the muscle that you, the seafood muscle. They're oh, very small. I've never had one of those. Okay, I'm just letting you know. Muscly and small. Okay. Anyway, on today's, uh, on this last segment, or two segments, we have asked a professional to join us and a good friend of mine. Vanessa Joy is just. She has got a voice that stops traffic, and she's a mommy of, I believe, two children. So we're asking Vanessa Joy to help us. How do you deal with a child is our topic that is just really talented. And how do you? How did her mom handle her? Because she's pretty phenomenal, did some pretty amazing things at a very young age. Vanessa, are you with us? I'm with you. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, Matt. You Great are, to hear you. according to your website, a breathtaking performer. Yes, I take a lot of breaths. You have, I know, I'm thinking, how else could you perform <laughs> without breath? That's right. It's, it's kind of a double meaning there. But, but you, you're, you truly, you're, you're a phenom. You have a hauntingly beautiful voice. <laughs> That's also from your website. And an unforgettable talent. But here's the deal. Your mom helped. Now, you have two kids, right, Vanessa? Yes. Two children? Uh-huh. Um, how old are they? Uh, eight and four. Are they, are they as hauntingly beautiful vocally as you are? <laughs> I think they are great. Yes, they're very, very talented, but they're quite timid at this point. They are don't they? Really like to, yeah, they don't really like to get out there and do much quite yet. They're doing a little bit, but... So kinda, check, help me with this. You as yeah. a young, little, young woman, mm-hmm. you decided to just go show your talents at some point, right? And then you tried <laughs> out, if I recall, for a little operetta. Is that what it was? Well, yes, I did. I tried out for an operetta in seventh grade, and it's because I had no friends, and I wanted something to be different. I okay. wanted something to change in my life. I didn't want to keep going to school not knowing anybody and having nobody know me. And it was. It's all about making friends. It really is. This, this day, this topic is so great because it talks about music for me. 
because that's how I made friends. Friendship is music. Music, so, music was the gateway to you for totally you to was. get friends. Yes, it was. I mean, I didn't know that I could sing. And, and, you know, when you have a child who's very shy, and I was very shy, especially having moved and not knowing anybody at all. And I had moved. I was in two different seventh grade schools mm. in seventh grade. And wow. I started out with kids I didn't know at all and then moved and then had no friends again. And it was really a really rough year. And, you know, for kids that are shy, it's really hard to branch out of that it's very uncomfortable. It's right. really kind of a, it's a scary thing. And um, I just remember I, I was given all throughout my childhood little things, um, little ways to use music. I used music very small ways um, that benefited my life and got me a little more comfortable around people. And I think it's because I started young. I love that. Um, you it's know, like I a started, portal, huh? It's a portal yes, where you absolutely. could grow your identity and your personality and your friendships through. Absolutely. And your friendship, I mean, it's, they almost become like family because you're sharing a bond. I, you know, music classes, art classes, all of the um, arts really... Um, are great avenues for uh, kids to communicate with other kids. Yeah. I mean, I remember in seventh grade, I went into my class, uh, my choir class, and I sat next to a girl I did not know, and this was the only subject out of the whole school that I remember being able to communicate and right. talk to your neighbor, and it was encouraged. Oh, I mean, you know, we couldn't yeah. talk the whole hour or anything, but there was times where there was little breaks and you know, say the you know they were going to work with the tenors. Well, the sopranos could sit there and chit chat quietly. You know, <laughs> yeah. and so you're having an opportunity in a safe environment to talk with other kids that are doing things that you like doing. And so it that. gave me an opportunity to get to know my neighbors that were sitting next to me. And the gal who I sat next to became a lifelong friend. She's a friend I had all the way out, out through high school. Oh, neat. And so yeah, I Is mean, she an I alto really or a soprano? She was a soprano. Can a soprano See, like an alto? And or that just seems wrong. The sopranos are the high, the high girls. They yeah, they are high. Yeah, and okay. altos sing a little lower. But uh, yeah, I, it just I remember that. And then in ninth grade, I went to a new school, of course, high school, and I was the first freshman ever oh, to be man. ever invited to sing with um, the highest choir. I was the first freshman to really? ever be invited. So that's yes. where the diva appeared. Oh yeah, exactly. That's when it came out. No, I I was invited by the oh um, how powerful music director. though. Yeah, you yeah, had to have felt really good about that. I was nervous because none of my peers were in this choir with me. I was now surrounded by sophomores, juniors, and seniors, and I was just this tiny little wisp of a nothing in ninth grade. And I was kind of afraid, a little bit intimidated, being with seniors. They're just so much older. Oh yeah. And I, so I went to the choir, and luckily, see, here's another wonderful thing about music, and what I love about it is they paired us off. We all had to share a music folder. And see, oh. there again, you have a partner. You have a friend. There's somebody that you're going to connect with yeah. and talk to the rest of the year. You have things to discuss. And I was put with a senior, and she was so sweet to me. And I just felt shepherded, you know. Yeah. I felt like someone was kind of looking out for me. I had one friend in the choir, and, you know, I mean, I would, 
I really feel that music helped me. I, I, I really do. Well, and it's probably if you think about it, it would it would whether it was you know science class or band or the robot team. Well, I mean, there's all these different things. My kids, uh, my kids have more groups that they can join. We, we were talking to an expert earlier, Dr. Yeah. Eileen Kennedy Moore, that was talking about we, our kids have these different personality types. But yeah. it might also be true that um, in some situations, like, um, for example, my I have a son that's pretty musically inclined, but he's not like theater inclined. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes the theater groups and they're, they're just more outgoing and they dare stand up and they do everything and they're embarrassing and then you the choir are a little more reserved it's just it kind of all your personality types can be found in some of these groups and activities well you know you are encouraged to be creative mm-hmm. and you learning happens from being creative i mean there are so many people on this earth that are creative thinkers, and if you have an avenue where you're able to express yourself, you're learning and thinking in different ways, and it just teaches you so many things. I remember being in an art class, actually, in um, school, and having that opportunity there to, you know, there was an an adult in the class, but we were all talking while we're making our sculptures, and when we were drawing, or when we welded, we did some welding even. Yeah, and we we were doing not necessarily a group effort like a music class mm-hmm. was. Um, the music class is, you know, it bonds you in ways where you're you're always going to know your harmonies and this, you can sing together later on. You can remember the little songs you've sung. But with our class, you're you're just sitting there and you're maybe forming something with your hands, and you may be working on the Potter's wheel or something. And while you're doing that, you're talking to your neighbors. See, you're just saying, hi, how are you? Or, hey, oh, that's so cool what you just did. Yeah. Or, and it, it just, it's an easy way to communicate and you get to know people. And it, it's, it's not, I mean, like I said, for the shy kid, it may not be easy for them at first to, you know, do simple things like smile and say hi right. or wave or, you know, but if they're, if they're in an environment, you can start really small. You can start with um, just with a teacher that comes to their house to do piano lessons. Yeah. That's very simple. And it's something that, you know, kind of gets them prepared for then later where they grow up and then they can perhaps be in an ensemble where they're doing their instrument with other kids and then maybe branch off from that. But you want to start simple and small. And it is simple. Yeah. You well, know? It seems like, too, what's what you're kind of... Uh, pushing is may- maybe our our best way to to help our children make friends is to not make making friends the goal, like well, yeah, like almost yeah. sneak in friend making. But <laughs> let's really let's just go be in band. Well, it's going to happen. I mean, kids are going to be quiet. I mean, it. You look at the parents, and most of the times, if a parent is shy, the child is going to be shy. The parent needs to be an example. If they want their child to branch out and have a lot of friends, then they need to show their example, set the example, and and be brave themselves. And maybe start really simply by going to the store and you know complimenting somebody, or you know opening the door for someone, or you know just in front of their children trying to make an uh, an effort at being um, comfortable around other people. And then because the kids see that, yeah. 
they're going to then learn from the parent's example how to be around other kids. And um, learning somebody's name is really important when you're first meeting somebody. That really means a oh, lot yeah. to people. And so it's just simple things. But you guys were talking about uh, bull- bullying earlier, yeah. Did you too. Hear that? And, yeah. and, hey, do, you know, do, that... do kids in band and choir and musicians, do you think they get bullied more? You know, I was in those things, and I didn't feel that I was bullied, but let me tell you. Well, maybe you were the bully, Vanessa. (laughs) I sure hope not. You know, that is the thing I wanted to talk about, because, you know, a lot of times bullies don't even know they are a bully. They don't even know it. They have not been taught. You know, I just had, I was talking to a friend this morning about how her son was outside riding the bikes yesterday, and... And a, a girl came and, and was kind of, af- after they were saying goodbye, she was kind of mimicking him because he says, um, a lot. Mm. And I, um. she, yeah, he was say, so she was saying, um, you know, and it was kind of, I think just, she was just kind of repeating it or maybe she thought it was cute. Who knows? Right. The mother overheard it and told her, hey, that hurts feelings to, to do something like that, and the girl felt awful. Uh, I mean, obviously, she didn't know. yeah, yeah, right. You know, there are times where they do know, but you know, um, yeah. And parents need to address it when they're. Obviously, it can get very, it can get out of hand. But sometimes, I think a bully begins by not even really. They're not even aware that it's hurting, and unless someone tells them that that's hurting them, they're never going to know. And oh, so, yeah. it has to be. You know, kind of like you have to stand up for yourself a little bit as a kid and tell people. But, yeah, when I was in high school, I don't feel like I was bullied, but I know there were, I know there were kids. Sure. Yeah. There's, there's kids that have. I remember a time um, being in art class, like I was talking about you before. You spent a lot of time in art class. I did. I took, I took it for four let's years. Just, let's just it. call it what it is. You were in <laughs> welding class. You were in class learning to weld, and you're a you're a you're a, a, a what do you call it an incredible vocalist at the highest professional levels. But you really want to be a welder. I love art altogether. Okay. I really do. You're Any still going to call it art, okay? <laughs> I don't even know what I made in welding. I honestly don't. I don't even have it. I'll anymore. bet you bucks no it was idea. an ashtray. All I remember is that I had to wear one of those big hat, like the yeah, the visor that, helmets. The visor yeah. that comes down, and it was very, very. It was kind of scary to actually <laughs> go do the welding part. <laughs> but there was a kid in class, and he was atheist. And I remember one day everybody just getting on his case, just asking question after question after mm. question, not necessarily being bullied, but just trying to understand. Yeah. What does this mean? Because it just is kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people, and so he just kind of, I think, I, he just kind of was feeling bombarded. And I just, I innocently had no idea. But I just said, hey, guys, just let him be who he is. And that ended the whole thing. And this kid later comes to me and tells me, but I had no idea what I was doing as a kid either. Yeah, that I, right. I didn't know I was sticking up for him. But I think, you know, sometimes as a, as a, as a, when you're feeling bullied or when you have something going on, I have had people bully me where I've been in situations where I've been in a work situation where I worked for several months with a girl who just did not speak to me at mm. all. And I just, you know, I killed it with kindness. That's I cool. just was kind to her, kind to her, kind to her. I remember my mother giving me that advice 
And I just, all I did was be kind. And I, it, there were some days where I thought, okay, well, maybe this isn't working. Maybe this isn't going to work. Yeah. Maybe there's something <laughs> going on. Maybe that's not going to help. And I finally, you know, like. Did you, did you get her with kindness? Did it work? Yeah. This girl, she finally one day came to me and she said, you know what, Vanessa, I have misjudged you. And this is, I mean, this is months. I think wow. at least six, six months had gone by. She said, I, you are a really good person, and I'm sorry I've been so rude. And wow. so then we became really good friends. Yeah. See, you know, and a lot of times I think bullies could become a good friend. Absolutely. The way you look at it, it's, I, I mean, it feels miserable when you're getting picked on. Don't oh, get sure. me wrong. I had a bully when I was in first grade, and my first grade teacher made me walk home with a bully. Was he a boy a or a girl? It was a boy, and he was so mean. And my teacher would make him walk home with me. Hey, Joy, let me let you in on something. Vanessa, listen to me. Here's the deal, Vanessa. He liked you. Well, I know that now. (laughs) Because I played kissing tag, and I'd always lose. And that's what what you do in kindergarten, first grade. You either got to play kissing tag, or you got to bully the girl. If I didn't get my answers correctly, my teacher would threaten me in front of the whole class. (laughs) <laughs> that she was going to make him walk home with me. Wow. And I wouldn't get the answers right sometimes, and it wasn't perfect. I did not want him oh to Oh, my him. heavens. I talk about anxiety as a, yeah. a first-grade kid. Your you teacher know? sounded I mean, mean. <laughs> I didn't, I don't even think she was trying to be mean now that I'm looking back on it. You know, I think she knew the kid liked me, yeah. and she thought it was cute. And how she cute. Had no idea how cute little boy that just beats you down on the way home. Um <laughs> Vanessa, anyway. you you got it. Let's uh, I guess let's do this. We're going to take a break, and mm-hmm. then we're going to come back. Uh, keep talking to you. Yeah. I think we're going to even learn some some basic. I guess um, I don't know what we call them rules about just just signs of toxic relationships. You probably haven't ever experienced a toxic relationship, have you? <laughs> I'm not sure. We can be just. We continued here on that. I'll bet you when that happens, you just break into song and they just melt. <laughs> We're talking to the great Vanessa Joy. You go check out her website, VanessaJoySings.com. We'll be right back. We're talking relationships, building friendships. There's so many different ways to find friends, to make friends uh, through the arts, through our own gifts, our talents. Great uh, sources to go and find new people, new friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back as we wrap up the Matt Townsend Show. Whenever you hear the hoedown music, we're coming up at the top of the hour. Can't go by once without saying hoedown, right? The hoedown music. Hee-haw! Hey, thanks for joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show Grande, which means we've added a half hour to the show. We are now two hours, but we're wrapping up our second hour. And who better to help us wrap it up than Vanessa Joy? She is a breathtaking performer and a good friend of the show. She um, really, you got to go check out her website, VanessaJoySings.com. She's been trying to help us realize that there's many ways to make friends with your and, ha- and help your kids make friends. You don't just have to, like, you know, send them away to camp. Sometimes you can just send them to welding school where they can <laughs> sit back and learn to weld with the rest of their friends. Is that right, Vanessa? Absolutely. Was that your point? <laughs> Maybe that wasn't your point. 
Not quite, but close. I didn't yes. know you were get a welder, involved. but I think that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, get them involved in something. Obviously, you want to find your kids. You want to find help them to find their own dreams and their own their own passions. Yeah. You want to encourage your kids to follow their dreams, not your dreams. Yeah, that's the problem, huh? Yeah, it is a problem. Parents have you seen that with your kids. eight-year-old, though? Because you have you have young little kidlets. You have an eight and a four, right? So have you ever have you seen already that you're trying to make your eight year old a little diva opera singer? <laughs> no, not at all, not mm. at all. <laughs> I, you know what? Because I've tried to make mine, and he hates that's it. That's the key. We need to encourage our kids to follow their own dreams. Find out what they are. You got to ask them questions. You got to really know your child. You have to listen to them. You have to help them find their own passions, not your passions so true. so many parents today are living through their kids they're saying oh if i would have been in this and then they push them and they push them and push them and they push them so hard that yeah. then they don't want to do the activity anymore oh how many times have you seen like a coach uh, a dad you know coaching on the sideline or yelling on the sideline i mean it's right see this is i mean my parents my parents did not push me at all didn't they <laughs> Well, they didn't put me in anything and push me ever. See, but that and actually she, says a lot about you because you've accomplished a lot. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I mean, I'm not for, not for me. I'm just saying I never got burnt out. Yeah. I never got pushed so hard that I gave up and I couldn't live up to my parents' expectations. They just loved me and supported me. They wanted me to succeed, of course, and oh, sure, they would have pushed me if I needed encouragement. They were cheerleaders, but it wasn't like I felt that I had to to do this for mom and dad's sake. It was never, never put upon me that way. And so I really, really appreciate that I've never That's huge. <laughs> had that from my parents. Yeah. Well, and you turned out great. I mean, how many people do you know that can like go on a world tour and sing in, you know, in Israel and sing in Greece and all these places and weld an axle back together. You know what I mean? You're never going to let that down. Uh, you know what? You? Once I've got something, I hang on to it forever. In fact, I, I, just, I, I wrote it in my little black book, so now I'll have it to use forever. I wish I had a picture of myself with that welding hat oh, on man. the visor, you know, what? you know? Why don't you let us put one together for you? We'll take one of you in your beautiful dresses, and we'll just put a little welding helmet on you. You know, that, that's the thing, though. Kids do need to explore as many activities as they want. And, I mean, I'm not saying, like, 30 at once. Just, yeah. you know, one or just two one. in a season. Okay, I need and you then, to answer me this. Yeah. Okay. You, so you'll go stand in front of billions of people. Mm-hmm. Billions. And you will sing, you know, and just reach this level of emotion and intimacy and closeness with all of these people that you'll make them cry. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it seems like, because see, just like it making friends is a big deal, sometimes performing seems like a big deal to some people. Even having a child have to read a report in school. Mm-hmm. What What are some suggestions you have just at... You know, getting over yeah. the performance fears. Okay. Well, seriously, when I was three years old, I gave a speech, actually, to a large group. How old? Three. Ho- <laughs> what? You know what yeah, I was I doing know. when I was three? <laughs> Man, I was picking I my it. nose when I was three years old. You're giving a speech to a large group. 
Yeah, it was probably close to 300 people. And they were mostly adults. And I was giving this speech, and I was very confident as, as a three-year-old. And so I was giving this speech, and then there were some parts that were obviously, when you're seeing a three-year-old give a yeah. speech of any sort, you're going you're gonna to think it's cute. And so the audience had laughed at one point. It was just kind of a humming uh, <laughs> yeah. like that. But as a group that large, it feels it's louder than it is. Yeah. That scared me. It intimidated Ooh, me okay. hearing that. Yeah. So as a three-year-old, I was very, very confident up until about three. And then I had that experience that then made me withdraw. And I did not participate. I became very, very shy. Hmm. Very shy. How did you overcome so, that? You know, this is, I'm thinking this is what helped me. I went, like, I started with um, just a violin teacher, and I was just doing um, my private lessons with this teacher, and then um, I, she started to get us involved in a small ensemble, and that oh, happened weekly. Yeah. And so I went to this small ensemble, and I would work with these other, you know, instruments. I heard other instruments, and I had these concerts weekly. Then Powerful. after that, I got into, um, you know, they did different, uh, different concerts, sure. and it got bigger and bigger audiences. Like the first audience was maybe 30 to 40 people, and then the next audience got bigger and bigger until it became large venues that were filled with to capacity. And so it, it They snuck it in on you. Yeah, they just slowly eased you in like a frog well, in think, a pot think, of boiling water. No. Right. No. They turned but I mean, up the if you don't water. practice, see, yeah. that is scary. If you do not practice and you go up in front of a group and you have not practiced, I'd yeah. be scared out of my mind. I would not want to do it at all. And yeah. that's the same thing with someone who's delivering a speech or anything. Um, if they can practice in, in front of the mirror, in fact, I sing in front of a mirror. I know that sounds goofy, but you sing in front of a mirror so you can see your expression. I think that's a great idea. Face. And same thing with the speech. You want to rehearse it until it is memorized backwards and forwards. You have to do it. Yeah. Like, then you know you can do it no matter what. Right. Yeah. Vanessa, we got to go, but you <laughs> rock. And hey, by the way, just so you know, same thing works if you're welding. Yeah. <laughs> Weld in front of a mirror. Then you'll be able to weld left and right. It's all mirrored effect. Vanessa, you're the best. Great ideas on how to build more friends uh, just through your talents and maximize your talents. A quick update about our own Skyboy. Apparently, he has left the building. He apparently has found this cute little woman that brought him a Capri Sun because he is not here. Tomorrow, we'll have an update on uh, Skyboy's you know, secret admirer. He apparently making friends works. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.